Everybody, this is Rachel Amaday, and you are listening to the Spiritual Exercises podcast. This is where we discuss some of the deeper things in scripture and really dig to see what is underneath the most literal meaning, which, of course, we have to have a literal meaning of scripture first and foremost. Otherwise, the rest of it doesn't matter. So, but we we try to look underneath. Now, I just got back from a beautiful women's retreat, which I was so thrilled that I got to be the speaker. And I got to share um, a more extended version of some of the things I've actually shared with you all. And it was so blessed. I mean, God just showed up and I mean, he really showed off. It was an amazing time. And so um, I'm coming off of that amazing high. We also took yesterday off. So you didn't receive anything from me because yesterday I was celebrating the Feast of Trumpets. Um, you could also call that Yom Teruah, but it's listed in Leviticus 23. It's one of the fall feast days listed in scripture. And I believe that this day is representative of a future day where Christ is going to return, where he comes on the clouds. The Bible tells us that he's going to come to a great trumpet sound. And Feast of Trumpets is all about that shofar alarm. So basically, you can interpret teruah to mean trumpet, but also it can be a shout or an alarm. We see a probable Yom Teruah date that happened in the Old Testament when the walls of Jericho came down. And of course, they came down to this loud shout and trumpet blast frequency. And someday when Christ returns, it's going to be so obvious that it's him. The Bible tells us that it will be like lightning from the east to the west. It will be him coming on the clouds. The stars will have been gone. The moon and the sun will not be shining their light. And all of a sudden, we're going to hear a trumpet blast in the heavens and Christ is going to return. This is truly a day in the future to look forward to and something we should be celebrating because Christ's return will mean salvation for his people in that moment. Whoever has made it through the tribulation will be seeing Christ, their king, coming on the clouds. And then he will be able to reign on the earth for a thousand years, which is going to be a rest day for the earth. You know, the Bible talks about entering into Christ's rest. Well, that thousand year day, according to scripture, will be rest where we get to be under Christ's rule and reign where he's going to teach us his things. It's certainly something to celebrate and look forward to. Now we have seven feast days listed in Leviticus 23, seven holidays that God gives us. And one of the things I taught on this last weekend, which was so exciting, is that God uses the number seven throughout all of scripture quite a bit. And I'm sure you've noticed it. If you've ever read the Bible, you'll see the number seven. You see it in Genesis with the first seven days of creation. You see it in Revelation, where the lamb is standing among the seven golden lampstands. And what we really have here throughout scripture is a picture of the menorah but also one of chiastic structure. And chiastic structure is basically the concept that the first idea and the last idea go together, the next idea after the first, so the second and the one before the last idea, the second and the sixth go together, the third and the fifth go together. And you'll actually see how this works when you look at a menorah. You'll see branches one and seven are connected. 
and branches two and six are connected, branches three and five are connected, and then you have the fourth branch in the middle, and that is the heart of the concept. Now, the entire Bible is written in chiastic structure. One marvelous example of this is that we see in the Old Testament, the days of Noah, things are very, very wicked, and God destroys the whole earth through water, right? And there's kind of regeneration and rebirth through that process. We see that it's prophesied that in the very end times, it will be as it was in the days of Noah, is what the Bible says. Only this next time when it's like that on the earth, God's not going to destroy everything. He's going to destroy the enemies of the Lord, and it's not going to be with just water. But we have that reflective principle, that reflective idea of the days of Noah and how wicked things are. We also see um, another great example is there's the only light at the very beginning in Genesis is God. And in the end, the only light will be God. Again, there's no sun at both of these times. So the first thing that happens relates to the last thing that happens. One and seven relate. And so we see this in the menorah. We see this in chiastic structure. And so whenever we see the number seven in scripture, there is this reference to the seven days of creation, to God's wholeness, to his authority, to his ability to sit on the throne and say, yes, I created this. And because I made it, I have the right to say what happens to it. But we also have this menorah chiastic structure And I do believe that this is also how he has put time together. And so when we see the festivals, the feast days of God, there are seven of them. And they really relate to the different numbers one through seven. And we talked about this a little bit a few podcasts ago, but it's great to have that little reminder as we talk today about the fall feast days that are coming up. And these are days that I really do believe we should be observing them. We should be keeping these memorials. The Bible tells us that these are a memorial forever throughout your generations, which means forever. For those who have been grafted into the nation of Israel, these would be would have been things the Egyptians would have celebrated with the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. And these are things that even the stranger who comes into the tree of God should be observing. And so we just observed Yom Teruah, the Feast of Trumpets, 10 days after Yom Teruah, is Yom Kippur. This is the Day of Atonement. I do believe the Bible sometimes references this as the Day of the Lord. This is a day of judgment. And so Yom Teruah happens and it's kind of a warning. It's like, hey, God is going to judge. You've got 10 days to get things right. And these 10 days are called the Days of Awe. This is a time of repentance and gratitude. Okay, a time of gratitude of the Lord's coming, but guess what? There's a judgment coming as well. Are you right with the Lord? Have you ma- are you aligned with him? Are you walking with him? Because in the future the day of atonement will be a final judgment. It will be a time of judgment and you want to be on God's side. And so this is a time of year where we're supposed to be reflective of our own sins and our own lives and how we can get things right with God, make sure that we're standing in his righteousness, make sure that we're 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 hanging on to his salvation, not salvation we provide, but the salvation he has provided. And the salvation he has provided is one that claims we can be freed from sin. And boy, man, I wish I had 
I wish I had the brain to remember this at all moments of my life. Let's put it that way, because it is so easy to forget this and to fall into bad behavior and then to have to go, wait a second, this isn't what God called for me in my life. This isn't what he means for me to do. I'm supposed to be like him. I'm supposed to be merciful and kind and patient and loving and gentle and meek and truthful and... um I'm supposed to have amazing self-control because Jesus provided a route for that possibility. He gave us the Holy Spirit and he said, I freed you from the bonds of sin and death. So you can not only be in me, but you can walk righteously like me. Again, at the end of Matthew 5, what does Jesus say to his disciples? Be thou perfect as my father in heaven is perfect. You can be whole and fit for your purpose right now today. But you have to be hanging on to the Lord's salvation, number one, the one that he provides. And number two, let him do that work in your heart, telling you where the work needs to take place and then be willing to change. And so this is hopefully a time period for you where you consider what needs to change in your life and how you are going to do it. Make it intentional, make an intention to take that next good step. After Yom Kippur, after the Day of Atonement, we have Sukkot. This is the Feast of Tabernacles, and it is a joyful, amazing celebration. This is happening in a few weeks in October. It's an eight-day celebration. There are two Sabbaths during Sukkot, the first day and the last day. And this is a time where you're supposed to be outside and enjoying nature, enjoying the beauty of the harvest of the fall. And enjoying this concept of God tabernacled with us. He tabernacled with us in the desert when we were leaving Egypt. He tabernacled with with us when he came to earth and he sacrificed his life. And he will come to earth and tabernacle with us again. He will be with us for a thousand years. And then he's going to make all things new. But he's going to be amongst us, which is such a wonderful promise. Because can you imagine how beautiful the earth will be? when God is tabernacling with us on the earth as king. And in the meantime, the Holy Spirit tabernacles with you because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so you get to just celebrate and enjoy the harvest of that unbelievable, you know, unbelievable rebirth into Christ. And so, um, We have kind of a solemn reflection through Yom Kippur, and then we have a great celebration. And the Feast of Tabernacles is also related, in my opinion, to a wedding day. You know, there is a future wedding day. It's why there's the parable of the 10 virgins, and five of them are ready, and they get to go be the bride of Christ, right? They get to go in and be the bride at the wedding feast. I want to be the bride at the wedding feast. I don't know if I'm going to qualify, but I really want to, okay? And think of what an amazing celebration that wedding day will be. So we have these beautiful fall feast days that are happening in the next month. And I would encourage you, look up the exact days that they take place. I believe that um, Sukkot starts on October 11th. And then let me make sure that I have my dates correct here. I believe Yom Kippur. It looks like I have it down at sundown on October 4th to sundown October 5th. Now guys, this day is considered a solemn Sabbath day, okay? So according to scripture, this is a day that you want to... um, 
take that day off from work. You don't want to be doing any work that day. We are supposed to afflict ourselves is what the Lord says. So a lot of like the Jews will fast and some of the Messianic congregations I know will do a fast because that, especially in America, is one of the easiest ways to kind of recognize this idea of being afflicted, of um, humbling ourselves before the Lord, of putting all our focus, like a thousand percent of our focus is on the Lord that day. We're not even going to enjoy food that day. We're going to let God work on our hearts that day. It's a really important day. And not observing it has some negative consequences attached that, um, you know, in scripture that I'm not sure exactly what they mean, but hey, I don't want any negative consequences in my life. And this is something a lot of believers don't understand these feast days because they're in the Old Testament, they're in Leviticus. But you will see Jesus recognizing these things in the New Testament. Like you even see a discussion between Jesus and his disciples during the Feast of Sukkot. They're going up to Jerusalem for the feast and he tells them, no, you go ahead. It's not my time yet. So they go for the feast and then he sneaks in to the feast. And that last day of the Sukkot feast, the eighth day, he stands up and he says, I am living water. I am life. Any one of you who wants to really experience life with me, you want tabernacling with me, you know, come to me. And so he had this incredibly special message for those who were celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles to show them that he was the one tabernacling with them. He was the fulfillment of that feast, and he will be again in the future. And so Jesus celebrates all of them. And so you know what I'm about. I am about following my rabbi. What did my rabbi do? Well, he celebrated all of these things because you learn so much about God's plan through these things. Not to mention, once again, there are seven of them. And seven has real meaning in scripture. And so there's something about God's timeline. And I really think what we're looking at with the fall feast days is what Christ will do when he returns again. So he filled full of meaning 100% of the spring feast days. And then he halfway filled full of meaning, or he mostly filled full of meaning the fall feast days when he came 2,000 years ago. But when he comes again, those fall feast days are going to get even more full. There's going to be even more to them that we get to understand. So the observing these days is a beautiful way to recognize that we're interested in God's story. We're interested in his timeline. We're interested in his plan. You know, something kind of also interesting is there's this section of scripture where Jesus says, no one knows the day or the hour, only my father in heaven. And that no one knows the day or the hour is actually a Hebrew idiom that relates to Yom Teruah, which we just celebrated, the Feast of Trumpets. And the reason is because back before they were able to kind of use computers to tell when the new moon would be, in order to know when Yom Teruah took place, they would have to have two witnesses basically cry out and and go report that the new moon had been sighted, that the new moon was actually happening. And so the idea was no man knows the day or the hour of Yom Teruah because you have to wait and see when the new moon actually takes place. And for them, it could have been around one or two or three days. Like there could have been multiple days in a, in a time frame where it could have been taking place. And so no man knows the day or the hour of Christ's return is a little bit of a wink and a nod to the Yom Teruah date that Jesus is kind of saying, well, I can't tell you the exact day, but look for me in the fall. And I think that's 
very possibly likely. So on a future date, for those who are enduring the tribulation, they can look forward to Christ's return at right about this time of year. A lot to think about, a lot to chew on. Go read all of the locations of these dates in the Torah. So if you go to Leviticus 23, you'll get a good long list. If you go to Exodus, you'll get some of the Passover, you'll get some of these other things. If you go to Numbers, you'll get some of these. So they're, they're kind of scattered throughout, but if you look up all the verses that have to do with the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Trumpets, you know, and the and just so you know, the Bible, your English Bible will call some of these things by different terms. So the Feast of Tabernacles is sometimes called the Feast of Booths, if you're taking a look and trying to do your research there. Um, Sukkot, Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Booths, these are all the same holiday, okay? So they have different names for the same holiday. But um, there are multiple locations in the first five books of scripture where you can find little pieces of information. And if you put them together, you get kind of the 3D view of that holiday and how to celebrate it. So I just wanted to take this podcast and remind you all that that's happening right now. We're in the fall feast days right now. It would be awesome for you to just take some time this year, put these dates on your calendar and and look up a little bit of how to celebrate these things because I promise you what God always does is on his days he meets with you and he teaches you something. Not to mention fall is such a beautiful time period to be reflective, to kind of think back on the previous year, to look forward to what is coming next, to prepare for winter, which has so many, there's so much symbolism in that, by the way, right? To kind of prepare for the winter and then the spring, the planting time. Um, so there's a lot of application for these holidays. And God has certainly shown us his blessing through these. All right. I will be back later this week. I'm, I think I'm going to have to push everything a day back because we had the holiday yesterday this week. But if you are a paid subscriber, thank you. I so appreciate you. And I am excited to get you some music this week. There's a lot going on politically and economically. We'll be talking about that. And I may do one more special in the coming couple weeks um, just on a particular issue that's been on my heart. All right. I'll be here next week.